0: Look at that. My own galaxy. That's wow. where I'm from. <laughs>
1: well, I have a new invention. Really? Okay. I don't have a galaxy, though. You win. <laughs> <laughs> but it is an amazing invention.
0: I love to see I mean, it. It's,
1: it's, I don't know if I'm ready to publish yet. Oh,
0: okay. <clears throat> You tell, but then you get all, I guess, excited, and then you're not going
1: to. You're excited. I am. I
0: want to see. You know, some
1: inventions are new science, new chemistry, Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. This one's different. This is a new use for an old product, for an established product. Okay. Yeah, but that's still an invention,
0: and I'm very, very, very proud
1: of it. Do you really want to see it? Mm Do you think we have time?
0: (laughs) It's your show. I think we have time.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's my pleasure <laughs> to introduce my latest invention. Okay. I brought a sample.
0: Yeah? Yes. Oh,
1: <laughs> I call this invention WD-41.
0: 41? <laughs>
1: got one of these still. Isn't that great? Yeah.
0: It's yeah. kind of pointing the wrong direction. Do you want me to show you what I
1: can do with it?
0: <laughs> Something from it's a new styling hair product. No, 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 no.
1: Your hair's fine. By the way, it looks nice. It's tonight.
0: pointing exactly at me. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, well. I feel like
0: I should duck. <laughs> Seriously. This,
1: this new product is similar to one that's been on the market for a few years.
0: It's from, similar. From
1: San Diego. But this one makes it so that your hair never gets wet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, a new so use. Some days that would be wonderful.
1: Mm. WD1 <laughs> stands for dry hair formula 51.
0: <laughs> WD1. You can go swimming
1: and the swimming pool just, just goes around you. You know, there are a lot
0: care. of... <laughs> <laughs> That would be something to see. Wouldn't it? So they? are you
1: impressed? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm
0: impressed. You are
1: impressed. I'm a little okay. concerned,
0: but impressed. You're concerned. <laughs> I am.
1: What are you concerned
0: about? I just have this feeling. <laughs>
1: what is your feeling? I'm
0: a little concerned.
1: You are a little bit concerned. I'm
0: a little concerned. Why? Because you're known to invent really fun <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's the that's the problem, isn't it? You, you're on red light now.
0: I'm on red light.
1: Yeah, red light. Let me see if I can fix it for you. There you go. Now we're back to blue light. Now, what was your concern again?
0: <laughs> I have a few concerns.
1: <laughs> All right, go ahead. Get them off your shoulders.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> what you I, think?
1: I'm going to make that change.
0: Yes, I. Th- I feel like I'm <laughs> I feel like I'm surrounded by things that I can't control. <laughs> I don't like do well, you it. want to control it
1: <laughs> uh, maybe it's better for wow did. okay well so much for that right
0: I like WD40 though I use it
1: this is 41 I'm, I'm getting a new cam made. Oh. Yeah. All right if you want to try that out sometime I would I'd be happy I would love to have I'd be my happy hair to help, perfect help apply it really keeps it dry. Wow. Okay, but we need to get serious about science, don't we? This is Science Live. Where's the lively
0: science? (laughs) We just had some.
1: Okay, but we're going in deep today. What? I'm ready. No, we're going to go deep. Okay. Science is full of surprises, and there are things that we understand, like, you know, these little gadgets, the Johnny's that grab things.
0: Those are very neat.
1: And there are things we don't understand. They're things that just don't make sense. Usually when we, we make an observation of something that doesn't make sense, it's, it doesn't make sense because there's something we don't understand. And when you don't understand something, that is an opportunity, tick-tocking like a time bomb, waiting to be discovered. And so we like things that don't make sense. But today I want to talk about one of the most strange things of all. Newton was a great scientist. He, he's one of my favorites. Uh, he invented a thing called calculus. He also came up with his laws of motion, which he's very famous for, like F equals MA. If if we could have just thought of that. I, I would have thought of that, but he, w- he came before I did. <laughs> F equals a, MA. Force equals mass times acceleration. He's got a whole family of, of basic laws that can predict the position of the planets, that can calculate many things that we use in our world today. But then someone started looking at things that are much smaller than planets, much smaller than the apple that he saw fall from a tree that inspired him to to start thinking about gravity, things that get down on the atom scale. Very, 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 very small. And you'd think that these little small pieces of matter behave like the big ones, but they don't. And so they talk about a branch of physics to study these very, very small particles, and they call it quantum physics. And I I think a lot of people don't even know why they call it quantum physics. Quantum means a quantity. And so it's it's interesting that when an atom, which is a, a nucleus, a proton, and maybe some neutrons, with electrons flying around it, when an atom is excited, which means the electrons move faster and go into bigger orbits. When they fall down, they give off light. But the amount of light they give is a quantum. It's, it's not some random amount of light. It's amount of light measured in photons. And a photon is the amount of light coming from each electron that changes its orbital energy. So quantum physics, some of you have heard about it, and there are some things that you may have heard about the observations that are baffling science. And I'd like to to get in that a little bit today. One of the really famous experiments that has caused so much chatter and to-do about quantum physics is the double slit experiment. You've heard of it, maybe. Some of you maybe are gonna hear about it for the first time. But it's, it is really unusual, right? So let's just imagine that we had a piece of metal and we used our new laser cutter to cut out a long, narrow slot. So you can see through it in that slot. We stand up the piece of metal and then we get a paintball gun and we start shooting through the hole. Some of the paintballs are going to hit the middle and splat. Some are going to go through the hole and they're going to go back and hit the back wall. And if we shoot it a whole bunch of times, pretty soon we'll see a long pattern, a strip on the back wall that looks like the cutout. That makes sense, doesn't it? That's called paintball science. <laughs> All right?
0: Okay.
1: Then, put it back under the laser cutter, and we cut out another slot. So there's two of them. We stand it back up, we get out the paintball gun. Maybe maybe we'll change colors. What do you want to change to? Purple. Purple. Can't be done. (laughs) So there we go. Now we're gonna change to purple. By your command. Okay. And so we start shooting the paintballs at the two slots. Some hit the piece of metal and splat, but some go through one slot, some go through the other slot, they go to the back wall, and now we get two stripes. Are you with me? Can you imagine this in your mental research laboratories? Are you seeing this? Okay, so we got two stripes there from the two slots. Makes sense. Makes one think that what if you were to cut out the shape of a bunny and you were to shoot the paint balls at that, then pretty soon the ones that go through would hit the back wall and you'd have a big splotch on the back wall in the shape of a bunny. Makes sense. All right? We're all together on that. We're good, right? Mm-hmm. But then the experiment starts to get more interesting because instead of shooting paintballs, what if we were to fill the room half full of water? And then we were to drop a great big rock in the water, so it makes a wave. And you know, you've seen a wave before, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Not that kind. (laughs) Okay, so you drop a rock, the wave goes out in a circle, it gets to the piece of metal with the two slots, and let's start with just one slot, because we should understand that first. The wave hits this narrow slot, and some of the wave goes through, and as it comes out the other side, It forms a circle, and it comes out as a circle from the slot. When it hits the back wall, since most of the water comes through exactly in the same place.
0: I think it's electrons wanting to come through. What do you think? Photons? Excited sound?
1: I think the universe is spying on this episode. <laughs> <I know too. laughs> what do you think?
0: Oh, I definitely know so. <laughs>
1: yeah, must be your mic's, not mine. Okay. So anyway, we got to get back to this. Okay. So as the wave hits the plate with the slot, it comes out as a circle, getting bigger and bigger. And when it hits the back wall, it puts a little bit of an imp- of an impression on the whole wall, but most of it is still a narrow slot, kind of like there was. With the paintballs, but then when you put two slots there and you let the waves come through, there are two circles coming out. And now, when one circle happens to hit up with the other circle, it makes a higher wave. And where a negative hits a negative, makes a lower wave. And when they get to the back wall, it ends up painting a whole line, uh, a whole row of of lines. And these are called interference patterns. It's where the two waves are interfering with each other. Okay. well, I'm going to explain this a little bit better with the help of a little video because you need to kind of see it. But I'm I'm getting you ready for the video because this is where it really, really gets interesting. So then they shot electrons. Electrons are little teeny marbles of matter, only they're really small. They're part of an atom, but they're matter. Okay. And they shoot, they have weight, they have mass. So you shoot those electrons through these slots. If you shoot them through one, and you have a material on the back, so if it gets hit by an electron, it fluoresces. and You can see that line just like you could with the marbles. But when there are two, these aren't waves. These are two pieces of matter. When you shoot through two slots, you see the lines of the interference pattern. So they're behaving like a wave, but they're matter. And they thought, well, maybe they're going through and they're interfering with each other. So scientists are very clever, and they said, well, let's 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 shoot them just one at a time. Bow. Bow. And they did it over a long period, and pretty soon, all of the lines on the back panel showed up. So it's not because they're interfering, and. And this was very confusing to science, so they wanted to study it more. And if you think this is unusual, wait for what happens next. To tell you about it, here is Dr. Paget-Monet.
0: <laughs> now, that would be weird science. <laughs> 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 and bring it back. <laughs> that was wise. <laughs> okay, so hmm.
1: this, this is almost creepy which makes it really interesting, right? Right. So they decided, we'll put a sensor on here because we want to know if this electron is going through the left slot or the right slot so we can figure out what's going on here. So they put a sensor to watch where the electron went through the slot and then they shot the electrons, and now we're going to find out how we're getting an interference pattern. And as soon as they started watching, there was no interference pattern. <laughs> they took the thing away to watch, and it happened again. There was an interference pattern. Now, I want you to watch this little movie that uh, was published on the Internet that illustrates this principle. Now, this there's a little funny are like Professor Guy in this. You're gonna love him. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's really a sweet little. Watch
2: this. And here we are, the granddaddy of all quantum weirdness. The infamous double-slip experiment. To understand this experiment, we first need to see how particles, or little balls of matter, act. If we randomly shoot a small object, say a marble, at the screen, we see a pattern on the back wall where they went through the slit and hit. Now, if we add a second slit, we would expect to see a second band duplicated to the right. Now, let's look at waves. The waves hit the slit and radiate out striking the back wall with the most intensity directly in line with the slit. The line of brightness on the back screen shows that intensity. This is similar to the line the marbles make. But when we add the second slit, something different happens. If the top of one wave meets the bottom of another wave, they cancel each other out. So now, there is an interference pattern on the back wall. Places where the two tops meet are the highest intensity, the bright lines, and where they cancel, there is nothing. So, when we throw things, that is, matter, through two slits, we get this, two bands of hits. And with waves, we get an interference pattern of many bands. Good, so far. Now, let's go quantum. (laughs) An electron is a tiny, tiny bit of matter, like a tiny marble. Let's fire a stream through one slit. It behaves just like the marble, a single band. So if we shoot these tiny bits, Through two slits, we should get, like the marbles, two bands. What? An interference pattern. We fired electrons, tiny bits of matter, through. But we get a pattern like waves, not like little marbles. How? How could pieces of matter create an interference pattern like a wave? It doesn't make sense, but... Physicists are clever. They thought, maybe those little balls are bouncing off each other and creating that pattern. So they decide to shoot electrons through one at a time. There is no way they could interfere with each other. But after an hour of this, the same interference pattern is seen to emerge. The conclusion is inescapable. The single electron leaves as a particle becomes a wave of potentials, goes through both slits, and interferes with itself to hit the wall like a particle. But mathematically, it's even stranger. It goes through both slits, and it goes through neither. And it goes through just one, and it goes through just the other. All of these possibilities are in superposition with each other. Physicists were completely baffled by this. So they decided to peek and see which slit actually goes through, they put a measuring device by one slit to see which one it went through and let it fly. (laughs) But the quantum world is far more mysterious than they could have imagined. When they observed, the electron went back to behaving like a little marble. It produced a pattern of two bands, not an interference pattern of many. The very act of measuring, or observing, which slit it went through meant it only went through one, not both. The electron decided to act differently, as though it was aware it was being watched. It was here that physicists stepped forever into the strange never-world of quantum events. What is matter, marbles or waves? And waves of what? And what does an observer have to do with any of this? The observer collapsed the wave function simply by observing.
1: So what do you think?
0: I think uh, like R to tell us instead of Q. Well,
1: no. I like Q. I
0: know. He's cute.
1: (laughs) But wait a minute. What's really happening here? Now, whenever there's something we don't understand in science, it falls into the category of something we don't understand. (laughs) And so we have to be careful. We make hypotheses, which are real fancy, big word for guesses of what's happening. And someday when we know more about the science of quantum physics, people are going to back and look at what I say right now and say, oh, he was wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. he is. Maybe it's a phenomenon of the experiment. But something very, very strange is happening. And I think it's something that is very important and relevant to each of us because this gets even more mysterious, in my opinion. So think about it a minute. You shoot these electrons through two slits and look at the pattern on the back wall and it's what What one would expect because that's how it behaves But then if you put an instrument on to observe which slit it goes through It changes behavior Watching it changes behavior. Now, there are a couple other experiments that this little guy didn't tell us about, but which I've been reading about. And and I I haven't been there when they did these experiments, but I think they are accurate. And I think it begins to tell us something because we begin to see a pattern. The way that uh, I read the experiment is they did one where the way they were measuring which hole the electron went through was with a. I'm I'm going to simplify it a little bit. It was like a camera that could watch which slit it went through. And the camera came back and displayed on a monitor, like you're watching a movie of the electrons to see which ones that went through. And as they watched it, it just made the two slits. Leaving the camera there running and showing on the display, when they went to lunch and quit watching the, the display, it went back. Now, that's strange, isn't it? We're not messing with the camera or anything. We're just... So, if you look away, lots of of lines. You look at it, there's only two. How does whether or not we look at it make a difference? And in quantum physics, the experimental data says it does make a difference. And now a lot of... People are scratching their heads, and a lot of scientists are trying to unravel what this all means. But if you get back to the guy that invented quantum physics a long, long time ago, he talked about how relevant consciousness is to quantum physics. Consciousness. What is consciousness? Well, it's when you're not asleep, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, in, in the computer field, we're trying very hard to build a computer with consciousness. Mm-hmm. In other words, a computer that can creatively think like people do. We call it artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and we're getting closer and closer and closer, but no one has actually been able to give a computer the ability to do what you do all the time. We can can copy what a lot of people have conscious stuff and make the computer act like it or make a robot act like it's conscious. But to really be capable of conscious thought is still something that's aloof. Well, why can we do it and computers can't? And what is consciousness? Well, your consciousness Is you sitting there thinking now, now don't listen to me for a minute. You're listening. You're listening Just listen to your own thoughts And you're probably sitting there thinking what is he talking about that? That's you that's consciousness. That is your consciousness It's your perception of the world of what's going on Of what you want to do what you're doing memories of what you did that is your consciousness And it is in every living person. And we can't duplicate it. We can't make it. And to think that giving your conscious attention to an experiment changes it, begins to tell you that there's more to this puzzle of what is life and where did it come from than anyone ever dreamed. A lot of scientists have studied data and come to the conclusion that, uh, yeah, we just happened. And others, myself included, are seeing too much data to say that this is more than a coincidence. Some intelligent force made this happen, And, and that is That's the conclusion I've come to. But there is something very interesting going on here. Now, if you think about this idea that it just happened, and why did it happen? Because in the universe and in the billions of years since the Big Bang, there have been so many tries that finally it got it right, and so you think about that a minute, and it makes me come up with the airplane experiment. So there was a guy that had a print shop. And back in the day, you couldn't just type it in, you had to actually set the type one letter at a time, make up a page, and then you'd print it. Well, that, those type were made out of metal. And you could buy lots and lots and lots of these pieces of metal with letters on them. And so in this mental experiment, we load up boxes of these letters of the alphabet, A, G, M, P, any letter, box of them in the airplane and we take off. And when we get over the research field, we then open the window of the airplane and we start dumping the letters out. they <sighs> ringing down, can you imagine all the different letters, here's a Z, there's an L, they're all coming down. And then we go land, because we want to see if when the letters came down, they landed in a very orderly manner. (laughs) So we go over and we look, and some of them landed face down, some landed face up. We wanted them to all land face up so we could read it. So we did the experiment again. And you see, in a billion years, you can fly that airplane a lot of times, can't you? And that's that's the big magic of it just happened, is we're going to try it so many times that finally we went down and every letter was facing straight up. What's the chance? One in millions, billions, depends on how many letters we use, actually. But that's not enough. Just having the letters all land straight up is not nearly the complexity we would need to have intelligence, to have life, to have consciousness. Besides all the letters happening to land so they're facing straight up, they have to also land in exactly the right order so you can read them, and they are a dictionary. (laughs) The Webster's Dictionary, volume 1960, (laughs) and another time be a later edition. That's what they're saying. But it's okay because we're going to try it so many times, it's finally going to come out that way. Well, the chance that all the letters in a dictionary would land face up seems very improbable. But to have them land so that they start with the A's and they go through apple and every word in the alphabet with the definitions all spelled out right, it could happen. (laughs) And if it did, it would be much easier than us just happening. Because we're way more complicated than Webster.
0: I am. I know I am.
1: Do you ever have problems with your hair getting wet?
0: I do. Well,
1: I just think it's really interesting to stop and think what this means. Now, I'm going to share a little bit of my opinion with you, and, and, you know, there's there is and there should be about eight billion opinions on this earth. In fact, um, <clears throat> it's probably eight billion and ten because just one person on this earth simultaneously has ten opinions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How did you you it's do know that's it? true? <laughs>
1: I've never seen it myself, but rumor has it that sometimes Paget will be caught in her office arguing with herself.
0: I, you, you've been spying. No, no, I
1: haven't. <laughs> That's my point. Anyway, But it's true. <laughs> but it is kind of serious. Because if our intelligence, our consciousness, was meant on purpose, well then... At least to me, it means we're a whole lot more important than anyone could imagine. Consciousness has amazing powers. Without consciousness there would never be a hydrogen Model A. My consciousness, that's something where I was able to use my consciousness to gather different concepts and ideas and eventually put together the pieces to make it happen. Consciousness is precious. And since you have consciousness, you are precious. I really, really believe that. And I'm not, I'm not going to go to the place of saying anything about religion or anything like that. This is bigger than that. This is about you and whether or not you have value. And your value is far, far beyond what you could ever imagine. It's interesting that uh, we have posterity. Just one of us could so impact not only the whole earth, but if... (laughs) If our friend gets his way at SpaceX, the whole galaxy could be impacted by what you do in your life, by your offspring, by your inventions, by your creativity. Um, I just uh, have been very excited to read some of the reports about the impact that the social-emotional courses are having in the lives of students. This has been kind of a tough few years. Um, kids that were used to going to school sometimes didn't get to. It just got really crazy. There's been a lot of sickness, there's been a lot of confusion, disruption. A lot of people haven't felt their best. And as a result of all that, some have got way behind in their studies and they're discouraged. And some people, have just given up. What difference does it make? Tell them.
0: It makes a big difference. <laughs>
1: Tell them what difference it makes and why we just can't give up.
0: Because people are counting on us, and I mean that literally. Um, sometimes when we go into what difference doesn't it make, it's a selfish, it's a selfish attitude, and. When you get out of that selfish attitude, it's like coming out of the chrysalis. You're in that chrysalis, and it's all about you. But when you come out and become a butterfly, then it's all about making the world a little better because you're there. And it matters.
1: I just feel impressed today that I would like to tell anyone that's listening to stop and realize... How important you personally are to me, to her, mm-hmm. to your family, to your future posterity, some of you to your existing posterity. Consciousness is precious. And that person's consciousness and that person's consciousness. Cannot surplace me every single one of us Are precious and I just think we we really need to realize that as we get further and for further into quantum physics we're finding that there are a lot of very interesting and unusual things that don't make sense trying to come up with a scientific theory or explanation that puts everything that's going on in this planet together has been very elusive. Einstein tried so hard to get a unified field theory, as he called it. But the more we learn, the more we realize there is to learn. And the power of consciousness is the power to create a hydrogen car. It's the power to change someone's life. Sometimes with nothing more than a little smile at the right time to another person, you could change their day, you could even change their life. And sometimes if you add to that smile a few encouraging words, it could make all the difference. And if you haven't figured it out yet, consider this. If you learn knowledge... Then what can your consciousness do? When I was in high school and I went to my chemistry class, I had a wonderful chemistry teacher. He'd been t- it was his last year of teaching. He'd been teaching his whole life. And he would go through day after day explaining things about atoms and how this atom will react with that atom. And it does it like this and you can calculate the ratio it will do it and you can figure out what you can do with it because you understand the chemistry. Chemistry is the science of how elements interact and how you can make them interact the way you want them to. And as I sat there and listened how steel is made and how this happens and that happens, I just felt like, man, this guy is giving me power. Power to do things. And I use that chemistry all the time. When I went on to the university, I started to realize that what they're teaching is the accumulation of knowledge that people dug out of the ground over hundreds of years. And I was getting it all just spoon-fed to me, and I loved it. And so I decided to major in chemistry because I wanted to learn all about it. And I also decided to major in physics because, man, physicists, they really, they know about the stars, they know about so many things. And then engineering. Wow, I found out that engineering, you you learn how to take that chemistry and physics and apply it to getting something done like making an engine. So I studied mechanical engineering, chemical engineering, and electrical engineering. And it took me five years to finally get a degree in all of those different subjects at once. Now, it turns out that a lot of them are interrelated, and they overlapped. But, you know, I wish everyone could get a broad education like that. Uh, Someone asked me recently, well, why did you get so many majors? And I would like to say, because I like to work. (laughs) But that wasn't it because I want to know all these things. And that wasn't it either. I went back and I remembered why I did it. And I'll share it with you. It might surprise you. I did it because at the university, for example, they have courses in chemistry. They have Chemistry 100 and, and that's for people that are majoring in literature or history or whatever. But the really good chemistry classes are for chemistry majors only. (laughs) They keep the good stuff for them. I was visiting Brazil. Brazil exports a lot of coffee to the United States and other places. And I said, we wanna thank you for all the coffee you're sending us. And they said, we only send to you the stuff that isn't good. The good (laughs) coffee we keep for (laughs) Brazilians. (laughs) And you know, that's kinda how it was in chemistry. All the chemistry classes are good, but the real good ones were for chemistry majors only. And I tried to enroll and they said, no, you're not a chemistry major. I said, well, then I'll change. And then I put down, I'm a physics major and I got to take all of the classes for (laughs) majors only. That's why I did it. And I'm so grateful because I got the best of the best. And the lesson that I learned And the lesson that I hope you'll think about tonight is that this knowledge that has been dug out of the ground by millions of people, like digging for gold, finding these little nuggets, it's all handed to us on a spoon. And if you miss this opportunity when you're young to build this foundation of knowledge, well then your consciousness will not have as great an impact as it could. And I think we need to kind of look at it that way. I I need you to know how much I care about each one of you. I need you to know that. And I need you to care that much about each other because then life is good. And it's just a choice. It's just a choice. If you want to be fulfilled and you want to be happy, you, all you need to do is just care. Care about others. They asked me two weeks ago when all the superintendents came to Kansas City to learn about Ocelos. They said, well, what makes Ocelos <laughs> different than all the rest? And I said, well, I hope it's because we care about the students more than anybody else. But it's also that it works. I I feel a, a source of motivational energy makes me get up and, and do things that I don't think I'd ever have the power to do because I know that the students that are gonna be using these things are amazing. And I, I know that Dr. Monet feels the same way. I do. Yeah. I do. And we just want to thank you for taking the Solace courses. and want to thank you for working hard and telling us when we need to fix them and make them mm-hmm. better. Every day we get a lot of wonderful complaints. I mean, <laughs> suggestions. <laughs> A complaint is when you don't tell us how to fix it. Tell us how to fix it. (laughs) But uh, most of all, remember we care, and you need to care too. Thank you. We'll see you next time.